What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Niners Nation podcast. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. Niners, of course, on a bye this week, so we're going to do something a little different. You may remember a few weeks ago, we talked to Matt McCune of Sports Betting Dime, and he made us a little bit of money, so we're always grateful to that. And if somebody makes us money, we generally like to have them back on the pod because we like money. Breaking news. So Matt joins me. How you doing, Matt? Hey, Rob. I'm doing very well, thanks. Thanks for having me on. How are you today? I'm doing okay. The 49ers can't possibly lose this weekend. <laughs> they can't. They can't. And hey, I, I've been suffering with you guys through all these losses. Uh, as I was telling you the last time I was on, I, I jumped all over that 49ers to make the playoffs uh, future back in week three or so. I, I saw the plus odds and I said, this is a steal. Like, this is a good team. I think they can overcome the injuries. No. No, was I ever wrong? And did it? <laughs> the injuries did not stop either. <laughs> no, they did not. Well, Kyle Shanahan still he's still singing that song that they can sneak into the playoffs. So, to hear him tell it, you're not your money's not lost yet. No, it's it's not. And uh, hey, the, the Arizona loss last night helps. Um, you know, and and they they have a, a, a number of game games against the the rest of the NFC West too. So they could they could make it back. But I've I, I've started. Uh, forgetting about that bet that's yeah uh, i got not i'm, I'm looking lie. forward think, i'm looking beyond that one <laughs> i don't think you're gonna see that money back but hey you never know um you had a tweet last night that i thought was interesting and it was about the nfc west so let's start there basically it was the odds to win the division before and after the thursday night game seattle was plus 150 before the game and then after the win they are now plus 115 and this is going to be sort of a common theme for for this whole episode because to me, I see things that jump out to me that I think I can't possibly lose, which is, of course, exactly what Vegas and then everyone that sets the lines wants when they see an That's idiot like me off. with a bunch of money. <laughs> yes. So, but I look at Seattle at plus 115 to win the West and I look at the rest of their schedule. I mean, I don't think, I think that they're going to lose one game the rest of the year. They have to play Philly, the Giants, the Jets. Washington, San Francisco, and the Rams. And the only team that's going to give them trouble is the Rams. So even if you want to be, to me, as negative as possible, you say they lose the Rams game, I don't see how they lose any of those other games. I know it's plus 115, so it's not like a ton of money that you're going to be getting, but to me, it seems like easy money. I'm with you, Rob. I I think that's a very good bet right now. I I, I did, I, I was expecting after that win last night, that we would see the Seahawks even closer to even money. You know, I, I thought we'd be talking 105 plus 100. Um, I, I was surprised. You know what? I think it was just the, uh, the the slight collapse in the second half that did it. You know, it wasn't a, a overwhelming victory by any means. Um, you know, Arizona had the shot at the end. But, yeah, I, I'm with you. Plus 115 here. Uh, light schedule the rest of the way. You know, like you said, the Rams, yeah, they're, they're going to give them some trouble. And hey, like we just said, maybe the Niners give them a little bit of trouble as well. But uh, I, I only suspect to see that defensively, right? I If the, the Niners defense shows up and they bring some pass rush that game, sure, they might give Russell Wilson a little bit of trouble. But I just don't trust San Francisco's offense to do much either. So that's that's their, you know, to me, that's probably their second toughest game rest of the year. Um, and, and, you know, especially being a divisional game, it's always going to be a little bit tighter than it probably should, right? 
but I, I'm with you. I think after last night, I, I'm out on the Cardinals. They've, they've just played in too many close games, and you can't expect to win those close games too often, right? You know, a couple bounces that, that don't go their way this year, and they, they've got another couple losses on, on their record too, right? So I – Two plus two fifty for the Cardinals. I, I could see why you know people might be saying, "Oh, you know they they only lost by a touchdown. They had a chance." Well, yeah, but they, they could have lost a few other games this year too. And I, I think we'll we'll continue seeing that trend out of the Cardinals. They're going to continue playing tight games. Their offense is going to be a little bit inconsistent as it's been uh, most of this season. You know, Kyler's been fantastic, but they go through these lulls of uh, just you're scratching your head, asking yourself, "What what are they doing? You know, what what's what is Cliff Kingsbury doing?" Um, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm out on the Cardinals at this point, plus two fifty. uh, the, the Rams are the, if, if, if I couldn't bet the, the Seahawks, you know, Hey, it's easy to say they, they got the second best odds. Uh, but I think the Rams plus plus one eighty five are, are a decent price as well. Or you could bet the Niners at plus 6,000. You could, you could, <laughs> I, I've already invested enough money in, uh, in 49ers futures this year. I'm, I'm not laying into that and I would not recommend anyone else either. Uh, okay, so let's look at the rest of week 11. Like I said, to me, there's a bunch of things that seemingly I like. So I wanted to bring you on basically to tell me why I'm an idiot and to try and stop me from losing a bunch of money. Because <laughs> right now, there's like five or six games that I feel like I want to run and put money on. So Falcons and Saints. And this is fascinating to me because Sean Payton has just named Taysom Hill the starting quarterback over James Winston. And I was all set to say, James Winston's going to turn the ball over because that's what he does. He's terrible. The Saints are vulnerable in every game they play. And now Taysom Hill is the starter. And I don't know what to do. I literally have no idea what to think. Does this, how much do you think this affects the line? And what is it, how does it change your feeling on the game? Yeah. You know what? This, this, this line opened New Orleans minus seven. And that was when we thought this was just a minor thing with Drew Brees. We thought he'd be okay to play. Saints minus seven was where this opened. And with what we what we thought would be Jameis Winston under center for New Orleans. This line was hovering Saints minus four, minus four and a half. Now we, we get this breaking news, uh, Taysom Hill starting, which I, I, I was. I was kind of trying to keep my eye on this because I, I had heard that Taysom Hill was getting some some of these starter reps. And that's a little weird this late in the week to to be you know, splitting or or you know giving the, the so apparent backup, the, the starting reps, right? Now that we've seen this, um, you know, some, some books have not moved yet, but uh, I'm noticing one here. We, we have Saints down to minus three and a half. So obviously there's a little less faith in Taysom Hill. I'm not so sure. I, I'm not so sure I see it that way. Um, you know, this is the Saints 20 plus million dollar man. It, Sean Payton really likes him. And you know, he's, he's been getting roasted for his usage of Taysom Hill this year. Um, you know, bringing him in, in, in these, these short, uh, short guard situations, the, the goal to goes, a lot of it hasn't really worked out. Um, and you know, to, to see, again, I, I don't know what this necessarily means. Is it just that Taysom Hill is going to take the first snap? Is it that he's going to, you know, be the, the quarterback, the entire game? What I don't yet know what we're going to see. I would still say, I think this is too many points. Uh, I thought it was, I thought it was way too many points um, with, with uh, four and a half with James Winston. I still think it's too many three and a half. I, I actually, I, 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 
don't like it as much anymore just because I, I, I think there's just more uncertainty that comes with, with right. Taysom Hill under center than, than James Winston. We've seen a lot of James Winston in this league. And, uh, you know, you, you pointed out before this, this, the last, last touchdown pass he, he thrown went to a Falcons defender. You know, this, we, 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 we had, uh, we, we knew what we were to get at a James Winston, but I have no idea what to expect out of Taysom Hill. Is, is this going to be just a, a gadget offense? Is this going to be like what we saw, you know, out of the, the Broncos, Tim Tebow era? Is, is it going to be this type of offense where we're just going to pound the ball with our quarterback for three yards uh, a play? Or are they going to try to have Taysom Hill run some of the offense? It, it, a lot of uncertainty here. I would, I, I'm not touching this game at this point. Um Three and a half. I, 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 if I had to bet it, I, I would still take the points, but I, I don't like this right now. Yeah, to me, especially getting that extra half point, if it's three and a half, it makes a huge difference to me because if the Saints may be able to eke this one out with a last second field goal. But if I get that extra half point and I'm taking the Falcons, you know, I, I feel good. Obviously, you know, I, I would get that money in that case. I have this is not the podcast to talk about Taysom Hill because I hate Taysom Hill and I have been ripping him for years. Because I feel like it's so completely overblown how good this guy is. You know, we people love to talk about the nice, good plays he makes. And they never talk about all the bad plays he makes. Which, by the way, there are a ton. And, you know, Sean Payton said he's going to be the next Steve Young. Which I thought was a little nuts because he's thrown 18 career passes. So we'll find out a little bit about Taysom Hill. But I agree with you. The uncertainty there, I mean, I guess it creates an opportunity for you. But... When I bet my money, I like to feel at least when I put the money down that I have a good chance to get it back. So, yeah, I would understand avoiding this one because of the Taysom Hill news. And by the way, you mentioned that would be next level by Sean Payton. Yeah, Taysom Hill's going to start and he comes out as the starter for the first play and then they throw Jameis in there. That would be a brilliant Sean Payton move. It might be the smartest thing he's done all year because uh, he, he hasn't <laughs> really had his best coaching season. Um, yeah, there's, there is so much uncertainty here. I I'm, I'm taken aback a little bit by, by this decision. And, and I think the sports books, I I'm actually surprised they left the game on the board right now. I, I figured mm-hmm. they would have pulled this one and, and taken some time to think about it. And that's like, as a better, that's something that you really want to do, right? When there are changes like this, take advantage of maybe that, that time right after the news breaks where maybe people at the books haven't had time to adjust. Absolutely. That's, that, that's a sharp better right there. Um, you know, I, I, a lot of people throw sharp around as just somebody who, who bets a ton of money. No, a sharp better is, is someone who, who is exploiting lines, um, who, who's taking advantage of these, these quick changes, you know, uh, you're always on the ball and th- Hey, if you love Taysom Hill and, and you're very confident in Taysom Hill pounce now because, you know, this line was four, four and a half. And I don't know that this is the right move. I figured with the uncertainty, it would have stayed the same. So uh, you see, you've got a bit of movement now. Um, this is this is your time before it, it, you know, potentially goes back. Let's stay in the NFC. This is another game with quarterback questions. Dallas and Minnesota. I see Minnesota minus seven. Andy Dalton should be back for the Cowboys. This is, this is the craziest thing I've heard. So Andy Dalton, he gets concussed against Washington, right? He, he has memory issues because the hit was so vicious. And then a week later, he gets COVID-19 and he has lost 
his sense of taste and smell. Like Andy Dalton cannot taste or smell right now, and he's going to start a quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. I, I don't know how he'll be able to smell that uh, blindside rusher uh, <laughs> coming, coming. <laughs> no, like, how did Vegas account for a guy that can't taste or smell? I, I don't know that they've ever really had to deal with that, <laughs> uh, especially so suddenly. Right. But uh, th- that is a, I, I expected that line to, to grow a little bit. Um, I, I think, I think right now Vegas is putting a lot more stock in Andy Dalton than they should be. Um you know, the, the best game that we've seen the Cowboys play since uh, Dak Prescott went down was with Garrett Gilbert against the, the Steelers. And what did they do all game? It was, it was trick play after trick play. You know, it was, um, they, they, they hung around, they, they, they got Zeke the ball. Um, their defense played surprisingly well. Um, but, you know, they, they used a lot of trickery, a lot of gadget plays on offense. And I just think there's this, false sense of confidence in bringing Andy Dalton back that now they can just go back to, to that Dak Prescott offense of, you know, let's, let's spread them out. Let's let the quarterback uh, distribute. Um, You know, we'll let him make the plays. Right. And and that's what you saw in in the first few weeks of Andy Dalton and it it went horribly wrong. So (laughs) I I'm with you. I think Minnesota's turned a corner here. Uh, You know, you, you kind of figured Mike Zimmer would get that defense playing a little better anyways. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I don't know that I'm willing to look at that, that game against the Bears and say, hey, you know, all their, their defensive problems are fixed. I think a lot of that probably had to do with the Bears offense. But th- this defense is playing better. Um, and, and I mean, Dalvin Cook absolutely deserves to be in the, the NFL MVP discussion right now. You know, he's he's been incredible. And he, it's, it's not like he's doing this uh, against light boxes. He's, he's running um against stack boxes and i mean he's breaking tackles to the line he's getting yards he shouldn't be you know and it, it, him in the open field he's, he's been incredible absolutely this season so i'm with you I, I don't think this this dallas defense will stop the run and if, if you can't slow dalvin cook down you're you're done so minnesota to me is an interesting team because i think going into the season we thought well they were a playoff team last year they won a playoff game they'll probably be pretty good and then they start out the season terrible. They're one and five, and and people are jumping off the Vikings bandwagon left, right, and center. Now they've won three straight games, and I I don't know what to do with the Vikings. Are they the team I thought they were going to be coming into the season, or are they the team we saw the first six weeks? This is that really tough point of the season where you you know you're making that decision on a few teams. Um, you know, another one is, is Cleveland. Like, is, you know, now that Nick Chubb's back, you know, how do you, how do you view this team? Right. But I, you know what, I, I think the, the general consensus uh, tends to be somewhere in the middle. You know, I, I don't think they are as good as they've looked against uh, take for like the Packers. You know, I, I think that was a, a game where, uh, you know, Green Bay absolutely, like they're, they're terrible against the run and, and uh, you know, will, will Minnesota have that same success? Uh, against the rest of the league, uh, that that's tough to say, right? But I don't think they're nearly as bad as we saw early in the season. You know, Kirk Cousins was playing awful without Dalvin Cook in the lineup. <clears throat> you know, he was he was forced to throw too much, and and he wasn't getting he wasn't getting great protection. Um, but I think they're somewhere in the middle. And this being a game against a, a very bad Dallas team, uh, I'm I'm confident laying those seven points as well. Okay, so another game. I feel like there's a lot of weird stuff going on this week. Another game that I, I I'm surprised was still on the board, and it's Chiefs and Raiders. 
And the Raiders are getting eight right now, last I checked. But, Matt, the whole defense, basically, eight guys on the defense were on the COVID, are on the COVID-19 list, and they might not get off until Sunday morning. They can't practice. They can't do anything. How, I, I mean, this is an unprecedented year, but, like, how does that factor into the spread when basically the whole defense can't work? Well, we, we actually saw this uh, very similar situation with the Raiders uh, back in uh, a few weeks ago there when they, when they played the Bucs. And their entire offensive line that week went on the, the COVID list. And, I mean, I, I made the horrible mistake of saying, you know what, the, if, if the entire line cannot practice all week, I'm not believing in, in the, the Vegas offense. I'm going to hit the, I'm going to get on the under. And the, the total was high too. It was like 55-ish for that game. Um, I, I loved the under. I, I hammered it. And what happened? Uh, the Raiders offense came out, blew up that uh, that Bucks defense. Like, uh, I, I, other than the Saints, I don't know that another team's carved them up like that. Um, so I, I, you know, a lot has to go to, to a lot of credit has to go to John Gruden for for the job that that he's done with these these awkward situations of uh, you know limited practice. You saw it with with the Titans too. You know how how long were they off uh, that that COVID layoff they had? And then they come out and spank the Bills. You know it, it, it's very. I, I think Vegas is having a very tough time trying to determine how what is a week of practice worth, right? You know they, they can still get in their their. Uh, their game plan. They can still do some, some zoom meetings, uh, things like that. But that it's, it, it's a struggle. What, what is that worth? And they're obviously stumped themselves because the line hasn't moved. It's, it's been, uh, you know, somewhere between seven and a half, eight and a half since opening. So they're unsure. They're unsure as well. I'm laying off this game. I, I don't want any part of it. I don't love the spread because I'm agree. I don't know which way to go on that. But I do, the over-under is 56 and a half. And the first time these two teams played, they scored 72. Mm-hmm. To me, especially if the Raiders' defense is affected at all by everything going on, to me, the over seems like an easy bet because I think the Chiefs are going to be fired up having lost the first game. And I think the Raiders know, too, the only shot we have is to be aggressive like last time. They had like a 60-yard touchdown, I think, and a 72-yard touchdown. Like they know they have to push the ball down the field. Yeah. To me, I feel like the over is the safer bet than actually trying to pick the game based on the spread. If I had to bet this game, gun to my head, I'm with you. I would be taking the over as well. Um, but again, same same type of thing where I, I, I just I don't want to put any confidence um, in in these lines just just because of the uncertainty. I, to me, there's just too much uncertainty around the game, um, and, and generally when when that's uh, that's the case, you know, unless you have some, some inside info, which unfortunately <laughs> I do not hear. Uh, oh, come on. <laughs> it, it's, it's generally best to lay off. So I'll, I'll be doing that. But, you know, like you said, I, I think if, if there is a play here, uh, it, it is the over. A lot of points in that first game. And, you know, these, these if the Raiders offense is rusty in any way, um, you know, slightly unprepared, um, the, I mean, the, the Chiefs offense is too dangerous. Yeah, I still have nightmares about the Super Bowl. You don't have to remind me. Uh, Titans and Ravens. And this is interesting to me because both teams are coming in off bad losses, especially to me, the Ravens. <clears throat> especially to me, the Ravens. To get to get worked by the Patriots, a team that basically has no offensive weapons to speak of, 
really surprised me. The Ravens are favored by five points in this game. And I wonder if that's part of people still viewing Lamar Jackson as if he were playing like the MVP from last year, as opposed to the guy we've seen this year, who has been much different and frankly, much worse. He has been. And I mean, that, that game last week, that, that cost me a pretty good week. Uh, I, I was rolling into that Sunday night or feeling pretty, pretty good. Um, I, I was all over Ravens minus seven. And yeah, I mean, they, they couldn't even snap the ball. Um, you know, it was, it was a just awful performance. But here, here's the thing. I mean, sports books are obviously on, on that side of Lamar Jackson bouncing back at, at some point because this line opened Baltimore minus seven. And like you said, we're, we're mm-hmm. down to Baltimore minus five, five and a half now. So um, sports books are, are waiting for that Lamar Jackson bounce back. The public, uh, I think they're, they're jumping off the bandwagon right now. They're, they're obviously believing a little more in, in Derrick Henry, uh, Ryan Tannehill to have, have that bounce back because yeah, this, this, this isn't the same Ravens team. You know, it, it seems like things are unraveling a little bit. You're hearing all these reports of, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson disclosing that defenses know what they're doing. Um, it, it, it's it's a tough team to to uh, analyze right now because they do they they have like it 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 is effectively the same team, right? Uh, on on paper, all the pieces are still there, um, and and it's it's just been a matter of yeah, Lamar Jackson hasn't hasn't thrown the ball that well this year when when needed to. Um, you know, you look at. Uh, that game last week and it, it was torrential downpour. I mean, you can't really hold that one against him specifically. He even delivered a few nice balls that got dropped late in that game when they're trying, uh, you know, the last couple drives there. Uh, th- this one to me, uh, I think the line is still too high. I think it, it should still come down a little more. Um, probably Baltimore, you know, four, three and a half or so. I, I would I'm, I'm rolling with Tennessee in this one. Um, like you said, two teams both needing you know to, to turn this around, uh, get get a win, uh, at least a, a good performance on on Sunday. I, I I'm still taking the points in this. It's it's too many. You did mention to me before we started recording that there is a prop bet from this game that you actually really like this week. Yeah, so most of the time sports books roll out uh, the, their their props for for Sunday on you know Friday afternoonish. Uh, right now they have some out early, um, and and I've been doing this the last few weeks now. Uh, as I was mentioning earlier, Rob, you know everyone always loves to bet the the props on primetime games, right? Your Monday night game, your Thursday night game. There's there's limited betting opportunities, so a lot of people like to get into it. Um, however, the sports books have a lot of time to you know research uh the the stats for for the teams for the players because there there are limited opportunities for other bets right sundays when you're talking 12 games on, on in one day uh, they don't have that same that same amount of time they uh a lot of time they, they're just throwing lines up there and this isn't to say hey they're just pulling numbers out of the air but this is to say they aren't putting the same amount of time into it as these primetime games so there's there's ample opportunity to exploit some lines. And I did this two, two weeks ago with uh, Lamar Jackson uh, against the Colts there. So after, after Lamar Jackson loses a game, his lowest rushing total, the following game is 53 yards. So when this happened earlier uh, this season, when, when he lost, uh, they lost to Pittsburgh and uh, following game against Indianapolis, one of the toughest run defenses in the league. 
his rushing total was 47 and a half. And I, I thought, Hey, that's way too low. Um, uh, maybe I was a little wrong with way too low, but he went for 58 yards in, in that game, you know? So I, I, I hit my over uh, previously, he loses to Kansas city this season, uh, follows that up with 53 rushing yards uh, against Washington in a game where he didn't play the entire thing. They were up so big. They brought RG three in. Um, so, you know, we have another opportunity here where he, he's coming off a loss. Uh, I see the line is a little higher right now. Um, you can get it right now, 54 and a half, but I'm still on the over. I, I think this, this Tennessee defense isn't necessarily, um, you know, what, what they wanted to be when they went after Jadivian Clowney and yeah, it's um, thanks. <laughs> you could say it. We know it's thick. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, a lot of pressure on, on this Baltimore team, uh, when, when that happens, you know, Lamar tends to rely on his legs, um, you know, er, early in the game and, and often. So 54 and a half, I still really like that line. And, and I would hammer the over, especially with, you know, the way that running backs are playing, like none of them are standing out and, and none of them are, are uh, you know, really earning a ton of trust. Um, I, I think they, they still like Mark Ingram as the number one there, even though he's, you know, he, he's not the same back he was last year. He doesn't, doesn't look nearly as explosive. Uh, Dobbins is kind of, you know, had, had his ebbs and flows and, and Gus Edwards, same same type of thing where he, he's just been kind of your old reliable. You, you know what he's going to give you a couple hard hard earned yards each carry, uh, but nothing nothing explosive, right? So I, I think Lamar does rely on his legs a lot this game again, and and yeah, that fifty four and a half, I'm I'm hitting the over on that again. Uh, before we go here, is there any other game you want to mention that you feel really good about? Where you're saying if I had to put my money, this is my best bet this week. Yeah, I, so. Th- there were a couple games, um, you know, generally I, I actually bet a lot more opening lines uh, than I have this week. Uh, I, I've been a big fan of, of betting the opening lines this week. We've seen a ton of movement. Uh, I've, I've slowed down a little lately just because I've, I've you know, been bit a couple times with, with COVID, um, you know, people having to, to sit out, uh, just uncertainty around is so-and-so going to play um you know non non-practice weeks things like that i slowed down a little bit but there were there were two i really do like this week um one of them hasn't moved yet and i, I figured it would and that's that's cleveland minus three i think this is a very very different team with nick chubb in the lineup um you know you you've seen the effect he has on even just kareem hunt his backfield mate there uh, you know what the, the two of them together when they're both fresh uh, they are very, very dangerous. And when you can not just, you know, pound the ball down, down the defense's throat like that, but do it for chunk yards at a time, you know, we're not talking that they're just really grinding these games out three, four yards at a time. They're taking 10, 12 yards at a time here, uh, often. And I, I, I just don't have much faith left in Philadelphia. Uh, I loved the Giants last week, and that one came came through for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Wentz, Wentz just has not been the same quarterback that that we saw in that that uh, MVP should have been MVP season a few years ago before the injuries started. I, I don't, I don't have a lot of faith, and and that Cleveland defense is is good. They've they've been the kind of consistent part of of the team this year. You know, Miles Garrett is very much in in the race for defensive player of the year 
they can get after the quarterback and Wentz has not done well under pressure. He is, his mechanics just look bad. I think Cleveland minus three is, is an absolute steal. Uh, I'm all over this one. The The other one, I I loved Miami minus two and a half. I thought that was a joke of a line. And I say this while wearing a Denver Broncos hat on, on this podcast. Um, I wasn't going to mention that, but okay. <laughs> Uh, hey, big Broncos fan here, but uh, big enough fan that that I can recognize uh, their their shortcomings as well. And uh, you know, Drew Locke has not been it for them this year. Um, and you know, he he may not start this Sunday. We're we're hearing it might be uh, back to to Brett Rippin. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't really get very good at, at quarterback for Denver this year. There's there's no really good option. Um, but two and a half for a Dolphins team who. Yeah, I'll be the first to admit I, I, you know, Tua has surprised me. He's, he's, he's been very good. I did not, you know, that the game against the Rams, I can't really say he was great. The defense won the game and he just kind of sat on the ball. Right. But uh, in the, the two games uh, since, I mean, he's, he's been very, very good. Um, Outdueling Kyler Murray, um, you know, outdueling Justin Herbert, he he's ready. I did not think he was, but he's ready. And that Dolphins defense, Ryan Flores, it, it's coming together. Um, you know, the rough, really rough start to the year. It's coming together. They're disguising these defenses. They're confusing the hell out of quarterbacks. Um, and if you if you want to sit here and tell me that Drew Locke or Brett Rippon are are going to pick up on uh, these disguises and and figure out what that defense is doing, I'll, I'll call you crazy. Um, I know it's in Denver, and I know that's you know, arguably the best home field advantage in the league, you know, opposing team has to come in and play in that thin air, but even now still at three and a half, I think this is going to be a blowout. And you look at the way Denver's played the last uh, few games, they've all been blowouts up until the fourth quarter. Uh, You know, they've been down big entering fourth quarter of these games. And I just don't think the dolphins are the team that's going to enter into that prevent defense and sit back and, and let Denver, come back. Um, nor do I think Brett Rippon's the quarterback who could do that. Um, so yeah, I, I, I would still hammer this line at three and a half. I I'm happy that I got it at two and a half, but even at three and a half, I think this is still a steal as well. So th- those are the two Browns minus three dolphins, uh, minus three and a half still. I, I love those two bets this week. Yeah. I've said before, if you're a dolphin fan right now, this is like the golden era for you. I mean, you've got seemingly your quarterback, you've got your head coach who, who can, game plan a defense like few other coaches in the league and oh by the way the houston texans keep losing and that's your pick so you're gonna have a great draft pick this year too like every arrow is pointing up for the dolphins and i totally agree tua has looked way better than i thought i i would take them in this game as well it's good to be a miami dolphin fan right now absolutely we we all looked at the move at quarterback and said oh you know they, they've got to figure out if they have something in two i guess you know they don't care about making the playoffs they want to figure out what they have in two so they can decide what to do with all those draft picks right that that was that was exactly how i read this and i was i was appalled that they would uh you know remove the fitz magic from from our lives <laughs> but uh, like two has been arguably better uh than than fitz magic was right and it is. You're absolutely right. It is the golden era uh, right now. You know, you're you're looking back to the Marino days as as the last you know really great time. Hey, they had they had some really nice Ricky Williams years. Uh, Jay Fiedler as the quarterback there. Oh um, man! But 
my dad's a big Dolphins fan, so I, I had to watch too much uh, Miami football growing up. But uh, th- this is a great, great time uh, to be a Dolphins fan, and I, I think they're—I think they're going to sneak into the playoffs. I think you're right. I think they—they they can win that division. I—I'm yeah, not—I'm more confident in Miami right now than I am Buffalo. That's for sure. So I Matt McEwen. Sorry, Rob. Can I? I got—I got one more little bit here for sure. you because you just mentioned that that division. So uh, prior to to Miami beating the Chargers. They were going off. You could get them as as long as plus five hundred to win the AFC East. Wow! I jumped on that, and especially knowing knowing the way the schedule was, was working out, they still have one game against the Bills. Um, but the way Miami was playing, and the way that Buffalo had kind of been showing us that that you know Josh Allen can be a little bit up and down still, I, I thought plus five hundred is wild value, um, even right now. Uh, you could still get them. Let me double check uh, my my lines here, but you could still get them at plus three hundred to win that division, which I still think there there's a lot of value. So so I couldn't let you end, <laughs> cut me off there. Uh, I, I needed to get that that Dolphins plus three hundred. I, I think there's a lot of value there. Wow. So they have Denver, the Jets, Cincinnati. The Chiefs game, which I think will be a lot closer than people think and is now super interesting. Yep. Uh, the Patriots, the Raiders, and then the Bills. Uh, plus 300. Thank you for interrupting me because that may have just uh, made me a little more money. I, w- I totally agree with you. First of all, plus 500 would be obviously much better, but that was still, that I would happily put down some money on that. Absolutely. And it, it, ultimately, it's, it's probably going to come down to those last two weeks. Um, you know, that, that, that Raiders, uh, Bills, week 16, week 17. Um, and, and Hey, by that time, uh, Miami could very well be in first in that division already, uh, and entering those weeks. And, and you can see this division come down to that, that week 17 game. And especially right now, jumping on them at 300, you're really opening the door for some hedging opportunities, uh, later, later in the season as well. There you go. See, that's why we'd like to talk to Matt because he will win you money. So thank you very much, Matt. We appreciate the time. And I'm sure we will talk to you again soon because the 49ers are becoming less interesting by the day and we want to be interesting here. (laughs) My pleasure, Rob. Thanks for having me. Our thanks again to Matt McEwen of Sports Betting Dime. That's going to do it for this edition of the Niners Nation podcast. No Niners this week, so enjoy the rest of the games. Good luck to you. I hope you win some money. And we'll be back on Monday. 